Hello, my name is J.D. Boudreaux, and I'm your host for Well Within Reach, an MTS therapy and wellness podcast. MTS Therapy and Wellness is a locally owned company by a group of therapists with a home base in Lafayette, Louisiana since 1983. The company was started by physical therapists who had a desire to treat patients from a holistic perspective. The company is now led by a group of individuals who are bonded together by the same idea from 30 years ago, a desire to treat our clients and our team through mind, body, and spirit. Our tribe of professionals have come together to form a perfect storm of therapy know-how and personal growth cravings. Our goal is to help people on their journey toward their best self. The goal of this podcast is to share information that we find important and interesting as we navigate the world of therapy, business, and leadership. Your goals are well within reach. We are here to help. On today's episode, we will be discussing backpack safety with return to school for our children. I would like to welcome today's guest to our podcast, Joseph Marino. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me, Judy. I appreciate you uh, coming on to talk about the important nature of backpack safety as we return to school. As we start this podcast, please tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, and where you're from. Like you said earlier, my name is uh, Joseph Marino. You can call me Joe. But um, So I'm from a small town of Berwick, Louisiana. I got my bachelor's degree from uh, Nickel State University in Thibodeau, Louisiana, uh, with a concentration in athletic training. After that, I went and got my master's at the University of Louisiana Monroe, uh, where I got a master's in science. And I was a grad assistant there with the softball team, track and field team, and the football team. And I worked alongside uh, some amazing staff and a lot of really good mentors. Did athletic training for a few years. I worked in collegiate and high school setting at the uh, University of Louisiana Lafayette with the Raging Cajuns, with the uh, football team uh, and track and field team. And then I also worked at high schools at Berwick High School and Margaret City High School. So I had a little homecoming there. Then I decided I want to go back to school. And so I ended up going to my DPT program in uh, Austin, Texas at the University of St. Augustine. And I've currently been working with uh, MTS for the last year. And it's been great. Excellent. Thanks for sharing that educational background with us and clinical experiences. Uh, obviously, you can see Joe uh, Marino being a dual credential professional, both physical therapist and athletic trainer, has had many of experiences with high school and college athletes, and that's why we have him on today uh, to talk a little bit about backpack safety. As we jump in with return to school and we talk about young children going back to school, just talk about the importance of making sure that the backpack is of the appropriate weight or the appropriate fit. What, what are the dangers for young kids? The biggest thing is going to be the effect on their overall posture. So uh, you got to think in elementary school and junior high and high school, the child's body is still developing. You know, they're going through growth spurts there. I mean, that's when it's most important to properly load the spine and make sure that their posture isn't being affected by a heavy backpack. So, you, you know, a heavy backpack can alter their, the curvature of their back, especially if you're holding the bag on one side or one shoulder or the other. Or if you're loading it up, it, it can affect the other curvatures of the spine. So you always want to make sure that when you're have have a backpack on the child, you want to make sure that it's properly loaded. So having heavier loads to the front of the to the backpack and making sure that you're utilizing all the compartments so you're not completely weighing down the child and having them bend awkwardly one way or another. You talk about the spine. Talk a little bit about it for our audience, just the different parts of the spine the three different sections and the types of curvatures that, that they should expect to see in those spines in the youth. 
course, yeah. So, like you said, you have three different sections. You have your cervical, which is your neck. You have your thoracic, which is typically mid-back, shoulder blade area, and then your lumbar, which is low back area. So, with the cervical spine, you have seven different vertebrae. Uh, you want to make sure that you have a lordotic curve, so you don't you want to make sure that you have a C-shaped curve with the, the hump of the C going forward. With the uh, thoracic spine, you want to have what's called a kyphotic curve or a kyphosis, and it's going to be where the C-shaped with the hump of the C is going uh, backward. And then with the lumbar, you want a, a lordotic curve similar to the spine. You know, all the these curvatures can be affected by different postures. So in today's day and age, with computers, cell phones, and all that, we tend to have that forward head posture, which causes uh, a extension bias to the C-spine, which causes a number of problems, especially later in life. And with heavier loads on the lumbar spine, you tend to have a greater lordotic curve, which can put a lot of stress, especially on the facet joints in the lumbar, which down the road can really, really cause some bad problems, which we see a lot of that in our field, uh, especially with our older populations that tend to do a lot of heavy lifting. Thank you for sharing that with us. You know, the reason that MTS has this backpack safety awareness campaign going on right now is there's some significant statistics. 55% of children usually carry a backpack loads heavier than the maximum safe weight uh, that is recommended by experts. Uh, so recently we did an educational video, and if you could just share how would parents go about measuring the proper weight of a backpack and what's the little process that they can go through to assure that their child is carrying the right weight in their backpack? Okay. Yeah, sure. So it fairly quick and easy methodology with this. So easiest way to start off, you, you get a scale, a uh, normal bathroom scale is fine. Uh, you'll weigh your child. So you get their weight, then you'll weigh their backpack with a typical load that they would have at school. You want to make sure that the backpack is in between 10 to 20%. So the load of the backpack should be no more than 20% of the child's body weight. So say you have a middle schooler that weighs 100 pounds. You don't want to have any more than 20 pounds of books in, in the backpack. If you do have a lot of books at school, a rolling backpack might be a better option. Uh, but you always want to ensure that that is not super loaded down either because eventually that child's going to have to pick that rolling backpack up either to bring up the stairs, load into a locker, things like that. So in that sense, it's very important to make sure that your child is staying uh, in the lines of, of the formula. And I know right now from what I've heard that a lot of the schools are requiring books to uh, be brought home every single day. So that bigger problem for kids now so a rolling backpack, if you're having those big loads, might be a better option than just a normal backpack on their shoulders. Make an excellent point. We do hear a lot of kids now having to carry supplies back and forth for school because of various protocols with COVID-19. I think that makes it very important for the parents to go through the backpack with the child on a weekly basis and make sure that the items that they have in there are needed and any unnecessary items are removed. You spoke a little bit about a rolling backpack. Just talk a little bit about the importance of having the proper handle height in the telescoping handle uh, and, and making sure that, that the child is not hunched over or in an improper posture when, when rolling that backpack. 
Right. Like anything, especially, you know, having the shoulder uh, slung over one, uh, having the bag slung over one shoulder or another, you always want to make sure that you're able to stand up straight. You don't want to walk around school, especially pulling a heavy backpack, uh, lean to one side, because that's going to cause more problems. Throw your posture off. It's going to create muscle imbalances potentially and lead to a sore back or other problems down the line. The big thing is you always want to make sure that if you're carrying the backpack, you're not going to lean one way or another, and you're able to comfortably walk and not drag the backpack. So if you're you're having to really bear down and pull it behind you, it's, it's too heavy. We need, you need to make some form of adjustment with that. Another common misconception or a common problem we see in kids is that they're not wearing it over both shoulders. And I know that's a common recommendation that you have mentioned, that we want to make sure that uh, they are balancing the weight out on both shoulders. But speak a little bit about where the load should be placed in the backpack and how that should sit on the actual thorax of the body or on the back. Of course, yeah. You want the backpack over both shoulders. You know, it's not the 1990s. The cool thing is not to have it over one shoulder. You want to make sure it's it's tight up against the back. So make sure those the padded shoulder uh, straps are on top of the shoulders. And you want to make sure that the bottom of the backpack is about at waist level. So slightly above their uh, their hip to make sure it's kind of in line with that lordotic curve. Excellent, excellent. So now we've talked about backpack safety. We talked about the appropriate weight being between 10 and 20% of the body weight. Let's talk about a few of the prevention exercises, posture exercises that children can perform that we talked about in, in uh, the recent educational video. Let's start with uh, standing scapular retractions and just kind of explain that exercise a little bit and, and what that exercise is used for. Sure. With uh, scapular attractions, you're you're working on improving their overall posture. So like I talked about earlier, a lot of people have tend to have that forward rolled shoulder. So you want to make sure that we're working to pull those shoulders back. And the best way to do that is to slowly and controlled pull your shoulders back, hold it for about five to 10 seconds, and then relax. What we're aiming with that exercise to do is to strengthen those shoulder stabilizers, that those posture muscles to help hold and support those shoulders in that posteriorly fixed position so that they're, they're, having, they're less inclined to have that forward posture. Okay. A second exercise that we like to give to patients and, and young children are, are shoulder wall angels. So kind of explain that one and tell us the purpose of that exercise as well. The wall angels, kind of like it, it sounds, you're going to almost make like a snow angel on the wall. But the best way to describe it, so you're going to have your back flat against the wall, shoulders flat, back flat, head, head against, back of the head against the wall. You're going to make like a goal post position with your arms and you're going to slightly you're going to raise your arms up slowly while remaining in contact with the wall and slowly lower your, your arms up and down and kind of the same thing we're working on increasing the stability of the shoulders in that posteriorly fixed position and then working on the control of the shoulder overhead and and kind trying to make sure the shoulder stable in an upward rotation to make sure that you're shoulder stabilizers, your mainly stabilizing shoulder blades are strong enough to control that shoulder blade upwards and downwards to increase the positioning of your, of your uh, shoulder blades in a proper position. 
And then the last exercise we talked about in the educational video that can be found on the MTS Facebook page is, is chin retractions. So the, the first two are focusing on the scapular stabilizers and shoulder muscles. But talk a little bit about how we attack the cervical musculature with the chin retractions. Sure. So with chin retractions, we like you said, we're, we're targeting the cervical musculature. Um, these are affectionately called like chicken necks because we're going to bring our head forward and then back like you would see maybe a chicken kind of clucking around in the yard but so what we're aiming here is to help strengthen the cervical musculature to help bring it that head back into a neutral posture most like i was saying earlier most people now will have that forward head posture due to just everything is in front of us. We have the computer in front of us, the TV, the phones. So we tend to have that head rolling forward. So with the chin retractions, we're bringing our, our head posture back into a neutral position, holding it for five to 10 seconds, strengthening those muscles that are going to uh, help hold that, that head in the proper position and then getting to relax. Because if you do that for long enough, you know, those muscles are going to tire. And so it's going to, your head's going to feel heavy, but the more you do it, the stronger it goes and the, the longer you're able to hold that posture. I think you make an excellent point there talking about the length of time that we're holding these exercises. Uh, just speak a little bit about, you know, a lot of times interchangeably we use the word strengthening, but a lot of these muscles we're talking about are endurance-based muscles. And we know these kids are having to carry backpacks for prolonged periods of time, a hallway and from class to class and on the school bus and back home. So just talk about the importance of making sure you have the proper endurance of these muscles. Yeah, I mean, you make a great point. So yes, and when we say strengthening, we're, with these postural muscles, it's going to be more about endurance. You're not worried about how strong your shoulders are to pull your shoulders back because you know your shoulders are able to pull back. But we want to make sure that you're able to effectively hold your shoulder back, your head in the, in the correct posture for long periods of time because you're going to be sitting in class for an hour or two before a break. You're going to be on the bus for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, depending on where you're going. You're going to be walking to and from class for, you know, five, 10 minutes. So it's more about the endurance. So you want to be able to hold those postures for longer because you're going to be in those sustained positions uh, for longer periods of time. So it's going to be very, very important to make sure that your endurance is, is built up in those postural muscles because they're holding the spine in place and stabilizing in those proper postures. If you have parents out there that are concerned about their kid's posture or concerned about some pain that their child may be feeling, uh, you know, there's increased access to physical therapy care, especially in the state of Louisiana, but all 50 states have some form of direct access now to physical therapy. So just explain to our audience members what could be expected in a first visit initial eval if they would bring their child in, what would a physical therapist do to kind of assess their posture and create a plan of care for their child to feel better? Sure. So what we're going to typically look at first is just their overall posture. Then we're going to have them stand up and sit down, check both the different postures. We're going to make sure that everything is going to be aligned. Where do their ears line up with their shoulders? Where do their shoulders line up with their hips? Where do their hips line up with their knees, ankles, so forth. So we're checking their overall posture in both sitting and standing. Next, we're going to check their overall ability to, to sustain a neutral posture. We're going to see if there's any kind of muscular, I wouldn't say weakness, but difficulty with endurance. So we're going to hold like certain positions in neutral to see if there is any kind of fatigue out of those positions. We're also going to check 
the range of motion of their cervical spine, of their shoulders, of their thoracic spine. If there's any issues with their low back, we'll, we'll check the low back, their hip mobility, things like that. It's kind of, it, it's a chain. So if your hips are really tight and immobile, that's probably going to lead to some issues with the low back. If your shoulders are not moving the best that they should be, you might have some issues up in the neck and vice versa. If your neck is in a, in a poor posture, your shoulders might be limited in their range of motion. We'll check their muscular strength in lower extremities, upper extremities, depending on low back or neck. And then what we're going to aim to do with our plan of care is to, one, increase the endurance and ability of those muscles that hold the shoulders together or hold the shoulders back, their neck musculature, work on increasing their low extremity strength, their core strength, so like their transverse abdominis, their lumbar paraspinals, their multifidi, things like that to help stabilize the back and not rely on those big global muscles to help stabilize because those global muscles are going to be the muscles that are supposed to move your body, not stabilize the spine. So they'll fatigue out quickly. So we're going to really try and build up the endurance of the small stabilizing musculatures up the spine. And that's done through a variety of different different techniques and exercises. So, I mean, it, it really varies from, you know, clinician to clinician, but it's all aiming at the same goal is to strengthen and build the endurance of those postural muscles and stabilizing musculature. Appreciate you sharing that process for us because, as you mentioned, our, our children are at a, a very critical stage of growth. And if they are feeling discomfort, especially from carrying a load of a backpack, it is essential for parents to get uh, them evaluated by an appropriate medical professional. MTS Physical Therapy has four locations conveniently placed throughout the Acadiana region, uh, the Dulles location in the Scott region, townhouse. Uh, right next to Lafayette General Hospital. Uh, we have the Youngsville location and Brobridge location. So please, if your child is feeling any pain or discomfort with the start of school uh, that could be attributed to carrying a load in a backpack, please do not hesitate to reach out to one of our locations and one of our experienced clinicians uh, can take a look at them and set them up with a home program. Joe, I appreciate you sharing uh, that valuable information for our audience. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for having me, JD. Appreciate it. All right. I want to jump into a little bit of, of your background as well. You know, you've you've shared some of your experience with, with carrying loads on, on back sacks for kids. Uh, but I just want to talk about your career development a little bit. Talk a little bit about who has had the biggest influence on your personal and professional career as a mentor so far in your young career. Right. As of right now, I would say it's probably you, JD. I mean, <laughs> I've been under you for a year. You um, You were at one of the clinics that I was a tech app before I got into school and you know I was involved with you a little bit and we also did like a journal club so I was always a part of that and I thought it was really helpful kind of transitioning into school again and you know still practicing as an athletic trainer and having that uh, scholarly aspect uh, at a just a typical PT job was very beneficial and then over the last year you've been great helping me transition into, you know, a professional career. So it's been really good. Talk to us a little bit about your athletic training background and what's the biggest difference between athletic training and physical therapy that you've seen and and what was the motivating factor in, and you kind of transition into a, a clinical role as a physical therapist? The biggest difference I would have to say is the 
I mean, the time commitment to athletic training, you know, for collegiate athletic training, you are there uh, at least 12 hours a day, especially during a season, seven days a week for football. I mean, you're part of that team. You know, you're, it's not like you're going there five days a week. And then at five o'clock you say, Hey, see you later. You're there at five, 6 AM workouts. You're there until the end of practice after they're done with, uh, their meetings and stuff. So you're, you might be out of there like seven 30 or so eight o'clock, depending on what's going on. And then game game days, depending on, you know, how late it is, you, you might be there until 10 o'clock at night. And then also like the, the, the speed of athletic training, you know, you're, you're on the field, you're there when the injury happens, you, you see that guy plant twist, fall to the ground with an ACL. You're evaluating that, that ACL fresh when it comes off. It's not, not a, you know, a day later or right. Or post-op you're, you're kind of breaking down what, what happened to the athlete. So I, I think it's, it gives you a better idea of like how that injury occurs and then how to respond to that acute injury. I mean, with, with PT, I think you do, you, you have a huge knowledge base and I, I think going from athletic training to PT, I think now I'm so much more comfortable with uh, spine injuries or, you know, just spine pathologies. I think that was probably one of the biggest things that I didn't have as an athletic trainer, you know, with the spine, we, we had, we had a, a class that we, that we reviewed uh, spine, but it wasn't hammered in like it is in PT. I, I have a, a better appreciation of how to treat spine pathologies and spine injuries like that. I mean, the biggest factor that kind of led me to transitioning from athletic training to PT would have to be the time commitment. I was gonna, I was getting married, and I knew that I wanted to be able to spend time with my wife, and then eventually with my children. And I knew with athletic training, I would not be as present and involved as I would be if I was in PT. And I'd always wanted to do PT, but when I got into the thick of things in my bachelor's program, I, I kind of settled. I was like, no, I'll just stick with athletic training. I like it. I like, you know, I like what I'm doing. It's enough. And then whenever I got down the road, I started practicing a little bit. I was like, no, I think I want to strive. I want to reach out and do a little bit more and, and try and get into PT school. And, you know, it took some time. I went back and had to get some classes in. You know, it took me a year to get into PT school. And I, I got in. I went for three years. I, I did my rotations. And, and the rest is history. I'm glad I made that decision. And I'd be remiss to, to not mention that you, know, you talk about an important part of your decision to be spending time with your family. So you are expect you and your wife are expecting your second child in the next 48 to 72 hours. So we want to congratulate you on, on the second child being closely on the way. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Yep. I appreciate that. So you, you talk about both professions, physical therapist and athletic trainer, and both of those can be very challenging days and uh, that requires us to, to have some outlets, whether it be physically, mentally, or spiritually, there, there have to be ways that we have to release. So just talk a little bit about how you refuel on a personal or professional level and kind of get away from the, the work that you do on a daily basis. The biggest thing that I do is, is spend time with my family. I mean, I, when I get off of work, I, I pick my son William up from uh, daycare we spend you know two three hours hanging out meal time bath time all that you know a little bit of play time normal evening family activities 
and same thing on the weekends. But I mean, when he's in bed, you know, I, I, I really enjoy reading. I'm a big comic book enthusiast. You know, I, I do collect some comic books. I love reading comic books, staying up to date with all the Marvel and DC things going on right now. So I really like that. And I'm a really big video game guy. So whenever I have some free time, I'll put it on the, the PlayStation and, uh, and play a little bit, some video awesome. games. Like What's that. your favorite game to play on the PS4? Right now, I've been playing uh, God of War or, or Fall Guys. I mean, I'm a I'm a really big uh, RPG guy, so role playing game. So I, I've really enjoyed like things like Fallout or Final Fantasy and things like that. So really time consuming games that I don't have time to play, but I still enjoy playing. <laughs> I appreciate you sharing some of your hobbies with the audience here. One thing, as a young professional, you're always growing. I know you've shown a thirst for knowledge in the clinic, uh, but there's always constant change in the physical therapy profession and the healthcare world. With that change, what is what is the one thing that excites you the most about moving forward in the physical therapy profession? Uh, as far as change in the physical therapy profession, there was the big movement 2020, so trying to establish PTs as the movement specialists. I think that with the opioid crisis, I think that PT has a a really big opportunity to kind of assist people with managing their pain and getting back to their normal day-to-day lives, improving their overall quality of life without drugs and medication. Now, obviously, you know there are some cases where individuals will need medication to help with pain control, but I think as a profession, we really need to strive and kind of establish ourselves as the movement specialist and, and helping get people back pain-free or as pain-free as possible back to their normal day-to-day lives. I think we need to, to really fight for that and make sure and really carve out our place in medical professionals. I think the big thing is to, to really establish ourselves as this is what we are this is what we treat how and how we treat it and um, really embracing our identity and not towering down to other professionals and really trying to establish ourselves in the medical profession. Excellent. I appreciate you sharing that. And it kind of ties along with, with what we're doing with this injury prevention campaign that we have and uh, trying to make sure that we're taking care of our, our kids with their backs and as they return to school with their book sacks. Uh, one question that we like to ask all of our guests on the Well Within Reach podcast is a legacy question. And I know you being a, a young professional, it may be hard for you to answer this question uh, right now, but we, we still want to ask it. When all is said and done, what do you want to be remembered for? What do you want your legacy to be? I mean, I want to be remembered for um, someone who cared about his patients who cared about doing what's best for them uh, want to, you know, be known as someone who's going to give 110%, but I also want to make sure that I'm that involved parent and involved family man and, and making sure that I'm not that absent father. I want to, I want to be that person who has a great career and also a strong father figure and, and, and supportive uh, husband in the house. I mean, when it's all said and done, I think your family is what's most important. You know, they're going to be the ones who remember you most. So I think they have to be number one in your, in your legacy, so to speak. So I, I think being remembered in, in your career as a good PT is fantastic, but I also think being number one dad and number one husband is number one priority as well. 
as we bring this episode to a close, we're going to wrap it up. I want to give an opportunity for you to share anything that we may have missed in this episode or, or summarize anything that you've covered from a backpack safety standpoint, but also possibly leave some contact information where somebody can reach you uh, either by email or a phone number in the office where they can reach you if they want to follow up with you regarding any information that you shared tonight. Uh, yeah, sure. So to kind of summarize what we what we went over, we want to make sure that when you're fitting a backpack, you always want to make sure that you have big, wide strap, uh, padded shoulder straps and that are going to go on top of the shoulders. When you're fitting a backpack, you want to make sure all the load is going to be closest to, the, to your back, so to the front of the backpack. Um, you want to make sure that you're utilizing all the compartments in the backpack and not just weighing down one area. You know, when getting the backpack, you always want to make sure you're weighing the child first and then weighing, you know, the usual load that it's going to have and then using the 10 to 20 percent uh, formula when doing that. When adjusting the, the position of the, stra- uh, the backpack, you want to make sure that the backpack is going to be at the hip level. And then you always want to make sure that that if the load is too heavy, you try and find different options. So, you know, the rolling backpack is a great option, or if there is any way to try and reduce the load by either leaving books to school. I know right now it's not the best time to do that, but when, when able to try and reduce the load to safe weights. As far as, uh, I mean, contact information, you can contact uh, me by my email at uh, joseph101597 at mtsptscom or you can call us at our clinic, uh, at our Youngsville clinic, which is uh, 337-856-1717. And if you uh, would like to have any of our resources, you can always uh, follow MTS Physical Therapy and Wellness on Facebook or an Instagram page, but or any of our social media avenues that we have, or on our website too. I appreciate you sharing your expertise with us and appreciate you all the work that you've done to put together this campaign and to help uh, keep our kids safe as they return to school. So thank you for sharing that with our audience tonight. Thank you, Judy. Appreciate it for having me. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of Well Within Reach. We believe in the power of physical movement along with emotional and spiritual connection. As a team, we hope that you find what we share here helpful on your journey. Whether you're battling physical issues or looking for kindred folks, we are honored to have the opportunity to connect with you. As a rapidly growing company, we are always looking to expand our footprint and our tribe. If you are looking for more information about our company or how to join our team, please visit mtspts.com. If you have content ideas for our podcast or feedback of any kind, you can reach us at podcast at mtspts.com. If you found value from it, please share it with a friend. Make sure you also subscribe so you get notified each week as a new episode releases. You can subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes or wherever you listen. We would be extremely grateful for that as your reviews help encourage others to listen in. Remember, your best self is well within reach, and so is our next episode. We hope you join us then.